This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Hey, hey. the right buttons. That's so it, far, so I good. I didn't know what <laughs> buttons to press anymore. It's been so long, Darren. Well, you, when you get to my age, you sort of forget how to do things, yeah. And uh, the trouble is, you just don't, you just can't be asked fucking remembering how to do them. So you, you, <laughs> you have to do all of this. I've got no idea. Welcome to another edition, first of the season of what we called <laughs> Thursday Night don't, Live. Thursday Night Live. I don't know. This was, a, this was a Thursday night where you are. This is a rare one for us because you're sitting there with a glass of wine. And I'm sitting here with nothing. No one. It used in the to morning. be me with the coffee, and you pissed, saying inappropriate things about Sol Campbell. So we, we're going to have to. It used to be you getting up late, missing the start of the podcast. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure talk- there are loads of people who are so happy to hear us back again, though. Your, well, it your... it would have been smart, Darren, if one I had have advertised that we were coming back in any capacity. I think you <laughs> yeah, put yeah, it up on okay. yours didn't uh two if i had have scheduled it so that people could actually know when we were on because i scheduled it half an hour ago three <laughs> if we were still connected to facebook which because we haven't been active for four months we're not connected to facebook anymore four it, if we were still connected to twitter which we're not and five if either you or i had prepared anything that we were going to talk about this evening so in true ask bros fashion darren we're back we're drunk and we don't know what we're doing. Well, I am just delighted that we're back. And I'm sure people will find us because we've been sought after. Sought after. I've been inundated with tweets. Can you be inundated with one? You can be. And actually, <laughs> incidentally, Darren, um, throughout our period of not being on, we've been listened to an awful lot. So our old videos have been listened to an awful lot. Um our audio, our, all of our SoundCloud stuff and Spotify numbers have still been going. People have been working their way back through our catalogue, Darren. And do you know what I think it is? I think people are going back to how many times I said we were fucking shit and they're agreeing with me, Darren. They're going back and they're agreeing. And they're probably listening to you saying, we're brilliant. We're on our way up. We've got a great manager. Xhaka is a god. Pepe is a god. El Nenny is a god. They're all gods. And people must be thinking... Fuck, this cunt's got dementia, surely. Do you know, I must have, because I still agree with everything I've just said. <laughs> Humbo Gumble, he's back. Our non our non-advertised podcast and Humbo Gumble, our, our our regular listener, he's back. What up, cunnies? He knows we're back. <laughs> so where do you want to start? Let's start with you. You've been locked down for a fucking ever. Have you gone batshit crazy being locked up? Oh, no, of course. You're Australian. You're used to being locked up. You must be in your genes, mustn't it? (laughs) No, uh, without without spending too much time on it, this this country has gone fucking bonkers. And we're currently banned from leaving our houses for more than half an hour, going five kilometres away from home. Uh, The police are fucking pepper spraying people, shooting rubber bullets at people in the street. Uh... It's fucking, it's it's madness here. Madness. So the original, the original idea of Australia is just coming true. We've come full circle, mate. We're a penal colony again. <laughs> we're trapped in, right? It's, you know, we're just getting killed left, right and centre, Darren. 
do you know what I've done for the last two months? I got in my truck, got a ferry to Spain and spent two months just travelling. Yeah, we got a word for people like you here, Darren. <laughs> I've had such a good summer. It's called cunts. It's the opposite of lockdown. Mate. I've been let out. <laughs> yeah, well, let's not talk about depressing things. Let's, oh, talk... Right, let's talk about other things. Let's talk about, um, you, you're, you're also a father now. Since I last saw you, you are now a father. How's that? Yep. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very good. It's very good, especially for someone as a who thought that they had such little paternal instincts as what I did. I think uh, definitely having a little girl has softened me, Darren, has softened me. I still call the same amount of people cunts with the same regularity though, and with the same venom and fury. You know, and I've, I've worked out how you really, really make cunt land, right? Because there's a lot of different ways of saying cunt. Right in in Australia, it's a soft tea is a friendly cunt, right? So it's like, how are you, cunt? That's a, that's a soft tea. <laughs> but then, as you ramp it up, Darren, the word doesn't change. But what you do is you increase the emphasis on the tea, right? And so at maximum, at ten out of ten, cunt, right? You add the pointed finger to it and you go like this, cunt. It's the tea, Darren. It's the fucking emphasis that really drives it home. Do you know what? I was really hoping this year we could do a podcast without swearing. No, it's you imagine there is all of our wonderful listeners who want to play this on their Alexa in the kitchen and they've got kids running around and you've just done 16 cunts and we're not even through the first 10 minutes. Well, I think our record ever, Darren, was something like 114 cunts in an episode. It was after a loss to Tottenham. Uh, and we vowed that we would never break that number again. We thought that that was too far, too much, Darren, too much. We really, at Ask Bros, what we really want to do is, is we want to make the word prominent, but we don't, we, we want it to feel easy, Darren. We want to feel natural, like we, we just throw in the word cunt around, right? And that one was with a soft T, Darren, because I'm not upset. So where should we start today? Because... This 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 podcast came about. I wasn't sure we were going to record this year, but you sent me a message the other day saying, do you fancy doing one this week? I said, yeah, okay. You then said, Arteta's got to be sacked. And I said, we're going to win the league. Somewhere yep. in the middle of this, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the middle, we may just find that little bit of middle ground. What do you think? Well, I think, I think like everyone, I want to take it back further. I want to take it back to the last two months of last season, Darren where despite this overarching feeling that, you know, we were the second or the third best team in the league for the second half of the league, VAR destroyed football for me last season. It genuinely destroyed football for me. It destroyed my enjoyment of the goal. It destroyed my enjoyment of the game. You then go and take crowds away from me as well. And, and it really broke me down last year, Dads. It, it broke me down to the point where coming into this season, I've sent messages to everyone saying, I don't know whether I can be bothered doing a podcast again. I, I don't know whether I want to do it. I couldn't find the passion, you know, of a 20-year Arsenal fan. It's crazy to think, isn't it? I couldn't muster up the passion. So beaten down was I, not just by the football and not just by the, the team, because I like to think I'm above that. As a fan, I like to think win, loss or draw. You know, I'm always a fan. I follow lots of sports and I have lots of teams that are my arsenal for a different, you know, code of, of football. You know, and I follow those teams and they rarely make the finals, rarely make the, the top six, the top eight. But... It's you then. You're the journeyman. It was, it, was the, it was the manner of it, Darren. It was the, 
like I said, it was the VAR and the lack of crowds. And so I didn't watch a single preseason game. Right? I didn't open up an Arsenal app. I didn't talk to you guys. I didn't the ask bros. We weren't talking. We weren't in a message chat. We weren't worried about incomings and outgoings and everything that was going on because we're so beaten down. And so the first game of the season rolls around, Darren, first game, and I, I really struggled to get myself up for it, right? It's, you know, like I said, we're still locked down. We've still, we've still got no crowds at every form of football and rugby in Australia. You're not allowed out. The bar's closed. The cafes are closed. And anyway, I watched the Brentford game and I was gutted. But I was enthused by the fact that there were crowds, that there was noise, that, that all of a sudden the emotion was coming through the TV. And so it was weirdly, it was that element of it, it was the crowd element of it, not the win-loss or draw element of it, that actually made me pick up the phone and say, no, let's do a, let's do a podcast. And it's crazy that for someone who doesn't go, who's not in the same country, who consumes all their football on different media platforms, that the crowd made that much of a difference to me feeling emotionally connected to my football team through a television screen. What was my question? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, mate. I mean, you're back. Harry, sometimes you just talk and talk and talk, and I, I find myself I just <laughs> looking out there. Those trees over the road are growing a little. Well, <laughs> usually because you're, you're stoned, not because I'm boring. So it's up to you, Darren. <laughs> it was about... Where are we? Because I'm very much in the, uh, we're going to win the league still. And you were very much in uh, Arteta should be sacked. I've got no excuses for that opening game against Brentford. I mean, you know, there are some mitigating circumstances. But we, and you know, going to a team that hasn't played in the top flight for 74 years. Funny enough, the last time was against Arsenal. Uh, their new stadium, crowds are really loud. Even the Emirates was buzzing um, when we turned up at the weekend. I think there was, you know, there's a few mitigating circumstances, but to, to achieve what we need to achieve this year, you can't get walked over by a really... I thought Brentford will go down. I didn't think they were any good. That's, See, that Darren, was I tipped it. I was one of the few people in my... It was about 30 of us in a tipping group. I tipped it. Scunny Mike tipped it. Now, I think for some people, they thought that was just us being miserable cunts, but it was a soft tea. Um, but <laughs> for me, it wasn't about being miserable. For me... I think that games like that are always going to be bogey games. So, you know, for Brentford coming up, these first couple of weeks when the pressure's not there, the cr I, I knew the crowd was going to be up, right? Because this is like every game of this early part, before it gets to a point where it's all stressful, every game is like Wembley. You know, every single game is like where that's their FA Cup final every single week until they're fucked and until they've lost a handful of games, they're going to get up, they're going to run in for everything, they're going to kill each other for everything. And if you look at Arsenal last season and look at the, the commonality between what we see from, from this modern Arsenal football team, and, you know, we have struggled to get up for games and we have struggled to match, you know, passions and match energies with games. And I said straight away, if we don't score early, it's just going to mount and mount and mount and they'll go out and they'll put a foot in and the crowd will be up and it'll be, you know, an extra man on the pitch for them. And lo and behold, Darren, it's exactly what happened. So... Yeah, right. So look, there was mitigating circumstances, but we didn't compete. We didn't. But I am going to go back to the position that I sort of just the way I feel at the moment is I'm more excited about the future today than I have been for the last possibly 10 years. 
this club, the club that I love, the club that we love, the club that we support, key, in, key word there, that we support, has gone through a period where we made some terrible decisions as a club. And I'm talking about in the transfer, bringing in Daniele, getting into bed with super agents, trying to fix our decline by putting in over-aged, over-waged players to try and stop gap a hole. And there's a whole raft of them. We could go through that, but let's not look backwards. But you know we're talking about the likes of Willian, uh, David Luiz. These weren't long-term fixes. These were short-term fixes. But I look at, it's it's in this last 12 months, I've always said I'd give Arteta three or four transfer windows because he has to build his side. And when you look at the core of players that we've got now, of their age profile and the length of contract, it's not going to be instant. But I'm more excited today about the next two or three years than I have been in the last 10. And when you look, I mean, I, I, I was messaging with my uh, my nephew, Max, also called Max, uh, last night and this is my last one because he he's like you I got messages for him at the end of the after the Chelsea game Arteta's got to go lost faith don't know what we're doing don't know what the style is all of this stuff and I just sent him this last night Ramsdale White Tierney Party, Samby Emil Smith-Rowe Erdegaard Saka Pepe I mean that's just that's not that's not all the team that is all the players I could think of at the top of my head last night that were that age profile of being 20 or 19 to 22, 23, all on long-term contracts. All of those players have got three to five to six years. And I can suddenly see that the club has decided that we're not going to fill in with these stopgap, superstar, overblown, overpaid players. We are going to build for the future. And this may not be a team that is going to do it straight away. But do you not feel that in a year, two years' time, this side will be challenging back at the very top end of the table? Um, it's a loaded question, right? Because I agree with you. When you look at the calibre of the youth and you look at the, the age demographics, you know, and I'm someone who always loved watching the League Cup. The reason why I loved watching the League Cup, even during Ven Wenger's years, was because I got to Because you watch like watching young boys play. Yeah, <laughs> I like little boys. Um, that's Big Steve. He loves them. Um, but um, the reason why I always used to watch the Youth Cup was because I, you know, I, I've said this a hundred times, and I fell out of love with Arsenal for a period of time when there were no English youth. And I remember Walcott really was the player that got me back loving Arsenal because I was so desperate to see young Arsenal youth around. That was the period of time when we were the first Premier League club in English history to put out an entire starting eleven, an entire bench without a single English player. And I like that we've turned that around. And I like a lot of the names that you're talking about. My issue is, right, in the way that they're being coached and my fear is, is that if these guys end up getting killed the same way a lot of them got killed last year and they're not coached properly and they're not coached towards their strengths, then we end up harming them rather than reaching their maximum potential. And I look at things like the Chelsea game. The Brentford game, I was happy to... I was actually happy to put that aside. I was like, first game of the season, like I said, Brentford, they're going to be up for it. Go for it, right? But when I watched the Chelsea game, a fucking blind man at the start of that game could have seen that you had to go man for man with them. You had to go three at the back. We've had success against them previously with three at the back. I mean, we've had Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Aubameyang basically put their collective dicks inside of Asper Laqueta and James, 
right? It's the same fucking side that we're up against. And instead we go out there in a four, we get tactically absolutely pulled apart. And I didn't think that was a, a player issue that we got pulled apart. Like, yes, Jack passed a little bit, but you overload Jacker, you're asking for it. You're asking for trouble. You know, I saw people online saying, oh, Tierney switched off for that. There was nowhere else Tierney could go for Chelsea's goals. You know, he's got to come inside. He's got to double team. He's got to come and help uh, Mari. I understand that there was five players out or six players out. But I keep looking at these things with Arteta and I find him too rigid tactically. I actually look back to the period of time when we had fucking Unai Emery in and I actually quite liked Unai early on in his stay. I, I liked what he was about. And he was a lot tactically less rigid. He was willing to sit there and go man for man in a game. He was willing to make changes at halftime. He was willing to pull people and make big substitutions because things weren't working. And I look at Arteta, and the reason why I've lost faith in Arteta isn't actually because I don't think that he's talented or I don't think he's skilled. I actually don't think that the way we are right now, how you're talking about us being a rebuild club, which we are still very much in a rebuild and we're looking forward to, you know, two or three years down the line when these players make the next progression and make the next step. I actually don't think he's the right coach for Arsenal, for where Arsenal are now. I actually think he's, he's come out of a system at City and the rigidity of the systems that he's playing. It's almost like he's playing for the players that he wants or he's playing for the players at the technicality level that he wants rather than playing the way that this team right now needs to play, which for me, and I've said this for a long time, is three at the back, inverted wingers, you know, Pepe and Aubameyang up front causing havoc and going man for man in the midfield. And so, do if you that... not think, look, look, just just to um, please our listeners and stop you talking for a minute, don't you think? <laughs> don't you think that if, I mean, who who is his? Who do you think, and who is your first choice centre half pairing in a back four? Well, we've just paid fifty million for Ben White, so yeah, okay, so there's one. And so I'd say him on the him on the right, and based on ceiling. I would probably say Gabriel okay. on the I mean, left. The, I, I found a lot. He, I found a lot of issues with Gabriel last year, Darren. Me too. Yeah, I'm not saying that Gabriel is the best player. I just but, loved him for his athleticism. You know, I'm not saying you know Gabriel. I thought is a bit dodgy on the ball. It's but square. That's your top two. I'm sure that is Arteta's top two. Yeah, that is what he's got. He's, he played Gabriel whenever he could, and now he's bought Ben White for fifty million. That's his centre half pairing. That's the pairing. That's the ones he wants to work with. So if you're missing those two, and everyone's clamouring to go to a back three, I'm sure Chelsea were expecting him to. So that would have left us putting someone like Tierney in uh, into a back three, which he's done very successfully before. In fact, I can see Tierney becoming that new Gabriel. I think Tierney might end up being a centre half. I don't think he's got the legs to keep running up and down the wing. You know, I really don't. I think he's 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 a broken player at 21, mm. 22, 23, whatever he is. So I, I think that could happen. But if you are, are losing your best two, White and Gabriel, and then everyone's clamoring, let's play at a back three. I mean, maybe he just decided that he didn't have the personnel to do a back three. That well, would have I left us playing Tavares on, on the left hand side in his debut game against Chelsea. Could have got ripped to shreds, could have destroyed it. You've got Callum Chambers sitting on the bench, Darren, doing fuck all. He's got yeah, Callum so Chambers. you want to play three ordinary players 
And that would no, have meant I, I, would have left I, actually, I actually think Callum Chambers is the next man up. And I think a fully fit Callum Chambers prior to previous injuries has been one of our best centre-backs when he's been in. So, I mean, everyone has their, everyone has their different opinions on our centre-backs. I've got friends who think that Mari is a really, really good player, good distrib- distributor, left foot, foot passer from the channel. And it's early in the season and he got bummed by Lukaku, who right now is a hundred and odd million pounds of man mountain, just walking around, swinging his massive cock around and just knocking defenders out left and right. But I still think tactically, when you're getting pulled apart that much down that left-hand side, that you have to make a change. And at no Possibly point so. I change. mean, look, we, we, I... Have a, we have got a young manager who is going to make mistakes and he may look at that game and think, yes, I should have changed it. But didn't you think his attitude in that game was, I am at home against Chelsea. I expect our team to compete at this level. Lots of players missing and he maybe shouldn't have gone it, but he went toe-to-toe with them. He decided he was going to push his fullbacks up the pitch. He was going to stop them attacking down the wings and he was going to uh, impose his uh, arsenal onto Chelsea. Yeah. I think he took but them on. He lost at Brentford and he's got City the week after. And I think that that is fucking naive, right? If you had got three points at Brentford, right? You go out there and you get your wins and you get your points on the board and you know you've got Chelsea and you know you've got City. Right then, maybe you go out there and you do that for twenty minutes, Darren. Half an hour. You see if so you get, sorry. So up. you're going to go to a back five, which means you've got to lose one of those attacking players. That means you doesn't you don't play Pepe or you don't I play Smith Rowe or you don't play. That, I'm not a big believer that playing a back three loses you an attacker. I believe that playing a back three gains you an attacker with a lopsided bias. Can you say that again? <laughs> Playing a back three doesn't lose you an attacker. Playing a back three essentially gains you an attacker because of the lopsided bias. Yeah, right? So you basically you, you tuck in and push out like an accordion. But you're playing if you play with three at the back, and I'm saying I'm not saying it was the you know maybe he if he had the personnel I think he may have done that you know I think with with flying wing backs but we didn't really have that did we we didn't have a a, a right back we didn't really have we didn't have the personnel to do that. We would have had to take out one of those better players, and then that means we would have been hanging on three central defenders marking Lukaku. We lost two nil, and two nil was a blessing on us in that game because it's the other bloke that everyone seems to think is shit who kept us in the game and had a blinder, which is Burnt Leno with a couple of great saves. That's easily a, a four nil game. We barely fucking created a thing. So, it, you know, it's a, it's a roundtable argument because I understand and I th- th- that argument has been made to me by a couple of other people, Darren, and I get what they're saying. Emirates Stadium, you don't want to go out and play defensive and park the bus and try and beat them. But my argument is arguably the best football that we played at Arsenal in the last few years has been three at the back, athletic back, sitting, waiting. We did Liverpool with it. We did City with it. We did Chelsea with it. In FA Cup, we went man for man with them. Yeah, and as I say, I think if he had the personnel available, he may well have done that. He may well have done that. He didn't feel that adding um, Chambers to a side and taking out a Saka or a Smith-Rowe was going to work against Chelsea. Well, he probably should have taken out Saka. Saka's worst game in an Arsenal shirt. I'll yeah, give you that I mean, much. it was. But this is this is the issue that we have. He's got a lot of issues at the moment. He's bringing these players together. What a terrible start. Nobody thought we were going to beat Chelsea. Arsenal fancy are a disgrace sometimes. I was at the game at the Emirates. And it wasn't loads of people booing, can I just add. It wasn't loads. It was a loud noise, but it wasn't everyone. Um, but the people around me, we weren't all booing at the end of it. But those fans that booed, how does that help? Not single Arsenal fan thought we were going to get anything out of Chelsea. We hoped we would. 
We all hoped we would get something out of Chelsea, but not a single Arsenal fan really went into that game looking at how many players we've got out of the side, looking at all of the issues we've got with COVID and looking at how good Chelsea are at the moment and the fact they've just added probably the best striker in world football at the moment into their team. None of us thought we were going to get anything out of it. And then Arsenal fans... How does it help a young player like Smithrow? How does it help a young player like Saka? How does it help any of those players when at half-time, rather than getting behind that side, people are booing because you're losing to the, 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 the European champions? It's nonsense. This side is in its development stage. I am so happy and so excited about the future. But the fans could destroy this. We're not in a position where we can attract the top stars anymore, so we're building something from youth with an English core. And if these fans don't get be behind that side, they're not going to want to play at the Emirates. You'll see performances, I think, like last night. I don't know if you've seen last night's game. And it was it was a behind-closed-doors training game. I'm not going to say it's any more than that. But those players are going to enjoy playing away from home. They're not going to enjoy playing at the Emirates because it's, it's, it's going to be a cauldron of vile hatred. And I think that's just wrong. It's just wrong. Arsenal fans on are that, disgrace. On that, I agree with you, Darren, that... There is a large portion of the fan base who follow Arsenal for the sake of following a big club. They follow Arsenal and they started following Arsenal because they were a big club. And I think a lot of those fans can't come to terms with the idea that we're not that big club anymore. We don't spend in a manner. We don't identify that we need one of the best strikes in the world and go out and buy him for £110 million. That's not what we do. That's not the type of club that we are from an ownership level. And as long as the Cronkies are there, and as long as, you know, I think someone who really needs to come into a lot of heat is Edu, because as long as Edu is there and as long as bad contracts there and as long as we can't make the signings when we want to make the signings, we can't get rid of people when we want to get rid of people and get the price for them that we want. We're going to be this, this team that is in a rebuilding phase. And I understand that the way we're built and the youth we've got, and you brought up the names, you know, Pepe, Emil Smith-Rowe, um, Saka, Ben White, Ramsdale, Gabriel, Martinelli, not Gabriel Martinelli, two different people. Um, I understand that when you he look at it. sounds good, that, though, doesn't he? does, oh. does actually. That should be Gabriel Martinelli. Martinelli. Oh. Martinelli. Oh, what, a, what a guy. Um, but I think the difficult thing to come to terms with is that we're a club who was heavily in decline for a long time. And like you said, we made a lot of bad decisions, had a lot of bad players, a lot of average players on big contracts on the books. And now we're in this re rebuilding phase. So it's a mindset thing for Arsenal fans to kind of get behind the team and recognise that we're in a rebuilding phase and recognise what we are, right? It, you, you can't be an Arsenal fan. So, so all right, let's cut to the chase because, you know, that's what I'm saying. We're agreeing on that. But you're Arteta out. He is the man who is choosing these players. He is the man now that is building his side in his image. He is the man that the club have invested £130 million on. And thumbs up to the fucking owners who have, for two, three years running, listened to stupid people at Arsenal and spent stupid amounts of money because that is what people thought we should do. £72 million for Pepe. I love Pepe. I think he's a fantastic player. If we'd have bought him for £20 million, people would be singing his name from the rooftops. But a club pay three, four times over his value. But Arteta is the man that is now choosing this side with, you know, he made some terrible mistakes because he was behind deals like Cedric. He was behind deals like 
Willian. You know, he has made mistakes. He's come into a big club. It's his first job. He knows he can't lose. He's thrown some money at some problems. Wrong. But this summer, there is a plan and we are building his side. You know, the goalkeeper's a really good example. That's a lot of money. We've just sold one goalkeeper, a number two goalkeeper, for about the same money we've just had to buy one back. You know, that doesn't make any sense. But that was a situation we faced. We, we couldn't keep both of our goalkeepers before. We have now got someone to buy into the project who knows that Leno is going to be going at the end of this season and he will be number one for Arsenal. That is Arteta's man and the club backed him with funds. All the way through this side now, Ben White, 50 million for a, a pretty much one, two season player. You know, I mean, he didn't come good until he went to Leeds two years ago. Um, and, and, you know, and he played in a, a Brighton side that nearly got relegated. But that is Arteta's man. He has decided he wants a ball playing centre-half. Somebody can ping balls to the left and to the right. He's signing. You know, look, um, Sambi Lukonga. Uh, only seen him very, very briefly in his Arsenal career. Bit of pre-season and, and, and I saw him live. Best player on the pitch for Arsenal at the weekend. Arteta's player. You know... Uh, he has improved. You said he doesn't improve anyone. Saka is a better player now than he was two years ago. Maybe that would have happened. I'm not going to put that on. I'm not going to put that. that Smith Rowe is a better player than he was two years ago. Um, is that in spite of of, of Arteta? Is that in so spite what, Darren, of Arteta? Let, let just, Pepe let, is a better player now than he was twelve months ago. Is that because of Arteta or in spite of Arteta? So let him build his side. Let him develop this side and let's see what happens this season because I think we will do very, very well. It may take some time. It may need those young kids to get some confidence and it may need the crowd of Arsenal fans, whether it be on social media or at the stadium, to actually realise where we are in this development and stop throwing our toys out the pram and saying, get rid of the manager every five minutes, let him build his side and let us see where we can take them. So my hashtag for this year that I've been putting on everything is prove me wrong, Mikel. Hashtag prove me wrong, Mikel. Because I would like nothing more, Darren, than what you're saying to be true. Because I don't want Mikel Arteta to fail. I'm not on Mikel Arteta because I, I want him to fail. I desperately want him to succeed. I liked him as a captain. I liked him as a player. And when he came in, I got right behind him. I see too much of the same tactical mistakes. I see too much static, slow build-up football. I see too many times when I see players isolated. I speak to too many people who are at the games who are telling me there's a gaping hole in the middle of the park and all you can see is green grass. And poor Sambi Lukonga standing there going, I have to fucking cover sideline to sideline here and it's my first game at Arsenal. So... I recognize all of the things you're saying and I wish nothing more than for those things that you're saying to be true. That's what I want. That's what I want my club to be. I want my club to not be a plastic club that just goes out and spends 400 million every single year and goes and buys the people and does the things. But also I have to come to terms with that and I have to say, I'm also acutely aware of the fact that if we're going to take this path and we're not going to play in the big money, in the big pool, I'm not expecting us to be a top four club, Darren. I don't expect us to be a top four club in the next three, four, five years. Because while we're developing, other clubs with more money doing more things, going out and buying these players and turning over their managers, unfortunately, if you look at the last however many years of the Premier League, Darren, you look since the Chelsea era began and the Man City era after that, you don't build fucking premiership teams anymore, Darren. You buy them. 
Yeah, yeah, but we're not in that. You're, you, you, it's no, but that's, what I'm, that's what I'm it's saying. It's a contradiction there. of what you're saying now. It's because that is the place we're in, but it's the same place that Liverpool are in. It's the same place to, you, to a certain extent United are in. It's certainly the same place Tottenham are in. You know, we we are in a situation where we are no longer a European in European football. We can't offer players European football. We cannot spend the top wages. We are out of that. And yet our owners continue to back us. Some stupid advice they got given, but this year there seems to be a plan. Maybe it is because Josh Kroenke is actually now full-time in uh, looking at Arsenal and they've actually come up with a plan. So when you say, if this isn't going to work, we're always going to be mid-table. If this isn't going to work. But he is, they are buying the best available for the money that's available. The best available. And we are building a side. I mean, I know it was a, a training game last night against West Brom. But you could suddenly see how many, and it, it was. A... But I could also see the first twenty minutes of that game, Darren, where we were fucking awful, and two tap ins, a miss, a, a fucking shot against a post for a tap in, and a miss kick from Aubameyang, and then a miss kick overhead kick that falls to Pepe, and then after that, Darren, I agree with you. We fucking woke up and started to play really well against the there's there's an ex footballer called Danny Mills who I listened to on uh, Talk Sport this morning, uh, yesterday morning, uh, in his bre- in the breakfast show. He did a preview. He was doing the Arsenal game last night, and he couldn't he 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 couldn't show enough hatred towards Arsenal, and uh, you could see he was so looking forward to adding to this disastrous start. So looking forward to it. I actually last night I had a hospital appointment, and I was <laughs> I didn't know. It's really bad because it was quite an important hospital appointment. I've been waiting for a long time for it. And I'm watching Arsenal on my iPad in the waiting room. <laughs> and uh, when I go into the, the doctor's surgery last night, I put my iPad with the game playing facing me while I'm talking to this consultant that I've been waiting for over a year to see. And uh, and I'm watching the game. I actually missed the first goal. But I, I, I then had to drive back home. It's only a 20-minute drive. But I listened to Talk Sport last night. And the commentator, this Danny Mills was the the the, the guest commentator, you know, the the expert. And all he it was he couldn't believe. He, I can't believe how lucky Arsenal are. I mean, they the post and it goes straight to a Bamiang. I can't believe how lucky this are. I can't believe this. Oh, they're just so lucky. We're three nil up, you know. Um, I had to turn him off. He just he was crying that his his agenda hadn't been met, and. That's well, you know, I I'm listening Darren, to you. I I'm listening Darren, to you, and, and you not, said, I, "We won six nil against the nothing yeah, and side." I'm not, I'm not Danny, Mills, and we were Darren. we were very good. Or it was lucky a miss kicked overhead kick, a miss kick. This we created a hundred chances last night. We scored six. We kept a clean sheet. Uh, we we had a real mishmash of uh, this. Danny Mills was saying Arsenal putting out stretch a strong strong side. We had Kalasinac playing at centre half in a back four. I mean, this this was not a strong Arsenal side. This was not. We had some good players in there. We had a Bamiyang back. We had Saka back. You know, we had Erdogan making his, his his return. You know, there were some good players in there, but there was also lots of players that weren't very good. You know, I've listened to you all slag El Nenny off. You know, even Xhaka started. That is not going to be our first our partnership this year. It is not. It's going to be Sammy and it's going to be Thomas Party injury permitting. You know, this was not a strong side. We won 6-0 away from home and still I hear, oh, we were lucky. We won by six lucky goals. Why are you? Darren, You've been locked I now, up too I, long. I now understand why your teeth are so pearly white. It's all that fucking jizz, all that Arsenal jizz that you've just been fucking wearing and it's bleached your pearly whites to like a crisp 
sunny day pearly white, right? I am not going to sit here and watch that game and watch the first 20, minute, 20 minutes of that game against a fucking training team West Brom and fucking pull my cock out and start vigorously stroking it. The first 20 minutes was fucking awful. And then we hit our straps. In saying that, Darren, in saying that, let me finish for a second, right? For once, Darren, can I finish my point? Can I get a word in? In saying that, Darren, I went to work today with a spring in my step. I was happy to come onto the show. It was a win. I was super happy about it. I loved watching Lacazette banging his goal. I thought Pepe's finish that got disallowed because Aubameyang went over the byline was maybe one of the best finishes I've seen in however long. Like as a as a, a, a you know people who play football, that finish, that running on to a half volleyed finish side foot, that's a very very technical finish, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, Darren. And I thought that. Seeing Aubameyang run over there with a big smile on his face, seeing Lacazette score his goal and go over and do his celebration, seeing Pepe play well, seeing Odegaard, who I didn't think had a good first half, but came to it and played a couple of really lovely balls, seeing Saka bounce back from such a poor game at Chelsea, really, really good, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Right. So, so all, you, of, those, just take three, all four, of those four, positive four. things, Darren, exist with me as well. But yeah, I refuse to ignore the negative aspects. Why do we have to bring out the negative ones? If you rewind this tape, this podcast, three, four minutes, you said we were lucky with this, we were that. Lucky. You didn't even use the word the lucky. We weren't. You know, we were. We're incredibly lucky. We started 6-0. It was like fucking Brentford for the first 20 minutes, Darren. It's the same thing. And if you're going to be an Arsenal football team, you cannot start so fucking slow every single week that you give teams opportunity to come and get you. It's one of my issues with Arteta. It's one of the issues I had all of last season. And guess what, Darren? It's still fucking here this season. We're yeah, slow so starters. We don't have enough passion. And we can't go with people when it's all about firepower. It's all, you've got to snuff out the first 20 minutes of a game. Not give. They fucking should have scored fucking two. They had two missed kicks in the first 10 minutes. One with an open fucking goal. Are you still dancing when we're 1-0 down? I don't know because we never went 1-0 down. I understand that, Darren. We never went 1-0 down. I understand that, Of course, that, this Darren. team is going to start slowly. Think about it from two reasons. They're going to start slowly. One, because the confidence in the group must be really low after the shit that it gets from people like you all over the world. Yeah? <laughs> so they're going to start with low confidence. And it's also a team that has never, ever played together. You know? Kolasinac at sends half. Oh, fuck's sake. You know, they even put the graphic up at the start and I'm thinking, they don't look right. You know, they, they, you know, they, they didn't have Kalas, Kalasnach as a left wing or a left back. He wasn't. You know, it was a strange team. So take those two things into consideration. Let me put a positive spin on it. It took us 15 minutes to get to the grips with the game. And after 15 minutes, we were unstoppable against nobody. I'm not saying that this is important. But it's like you can say about Chelsea, we didn't expect too much. We all went into that game last night a little bit fearful that this could go horribly wrong. And it didn't. So let's enjoy it. And I have, Darren. I enjoyed it this morning watching it. I got up for the game. It was 6 a.m. I was fucking cold. No one had touched my willy. Right. And I watched the game. And it was good, Darren. And I liked it. And the goals were good. Right. And I liked Lacazette. And I liked Aubameyang. And I looked at our team and I thought, God, there's some good players. There's some good players in that team. There's some guys who 
if they just get put in the right system, doing the right thing most of the time, I can see them playing really well. Get the crowd on the back. One of my little pet hates that I hear at the moment is uh, we don't know what Arteta's style is. And this just irritates the fuck out of me. He's, I know he's, what Arteta's style is. It's slow, ponderous, boring as fucking batshit and designed for players who are a whole lot better than what we've got. But like I said, Darren, I would like nothing more than to be proven wrong. And that's where I feel like, um, you know, it's different stages of this like Arsenal fandom, right? And this is where I agree with you. The toxic fans out there, the poisonous fans out there who are just bleating on that they want this guy out. Hang on, can I read your text message to me? Yeah, because it was very, it was like, I get very- you're one of those fans that's bleating on that you want him out. How can you say it as if you're not one of them? Because you've you've just said that these people, these people that are bleating on about, you know, the manager's got to go. Let me read your message. You, you, no, but I don't think, Darren, I don't think most of them want to be proven wrong. I don't think they want to be proven wrong. I, I think that they want him to fail. I don't want him to fail. I just don't want to be sat here in three months, Darren, you know, in 15th place or in 12th place with no points and everyone's fucked and sitting here saying, trust the process, stick with Arteta. And what I send you, Darren, in the privacy of mine and your own bedrooms is between you and it's betwixt our two places, you know, because publicly, Darren, like on like I'm not spending that much time on fucking Twitter or anything like that. It's a cesspool. But publicly, I'm less publicly. I'm much more moderate. And I say, look, this is what I want to see. And this is what I don't want to see. Privately, when we fucking lose to Brentford in the first week and then go get fucking hammered by Chelsea. I'm like every Arsenal fan. It takes me about 20 minutes or half an hour to calm the fuck down. And that's why Toby and I, when we started doing the Ars Bros, it's why we always used to do a Wednesday. We never used to do a Monday because we always found that the Monday podcast was so fucking raw that you were still so pissed off and hung over from the Sunday game that you never got any decent, I don't know, you never got any decent metrics, any decent conversation out of the game. So I'm happy that we didn't podcast straight after Chelsea because I probably would have sounded like a prat and said something like, go get fucking Brendan Rodgers today. I don't care what you have to pay for him. Go get this person. He's a cunt. You know, and and yes, there are elements of me that still feel that way. But it's too early in the season to sack Arteta. He hasn't had his full squad yet. He hasn't had a full amount of time. We haven't been able to see the work that he's done in the offseason. We haven't been able to see Lakonga come in. We haven't been able to see Ben White come in. So yes, I'm not saying Darren at any point, go and put the fucking, the pen through his name. He's had two losses or even after we lose, when we lose at city, even then I won't be saying it, but there is going to come a point Darren where this board and unfortunately the director of football, who I'm not a huge fan of in Edu, but that remains to be seen. There, There is, and I hope this doesn't happen, but if it comes to a point where we are in a similar position as we were last year and we're not even in and around the European League places, that conversation is going to have to be had and we're going to have to be talking about what we do after Arteta because it will have been a period of failure. All I'm saying is I'm not willing to give him another three transfer windows. I don't expect him to get back in the top four, but I expect to see improvement. I think we're going to get in the top four this season. I'll tell you what, Darren, 
if we get in the top four and you end up coming out here for the Ashes, I don't know whether you're going to be allowed to, whether the country's going to be fine. It won't matter if you've had 74 jabs of every vaccine in the end of your cock, right? It's very unlikely that you're not going to be here. But if it happens, Darren, and we make top four, and you're out here for the Ashes, I'll fucking, I'll take you out. You All your beers paid for, all your food paid for. I'll fucking pay to have your willy touched by however many people you want. Right, it's all on the table because it's never going to happen. My wife has just come in to say goodbye. She's on her way out, and she comes up when you say, "I'll get you. I don't. I'll get your willy touched." <laughs> What's I'm meant to be doing an Arsenal podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> See that, Kath? I'm going to reintroduce you, Darren. You because you haven't spoken to me in you know three months, four months, five months. We haven't chatted, right? It, we've. You know, you got to be reintroduced to the piece of shit that I am. I got to lay it all on the table for you again, so you can get reacquainted. Umbo Gumbo thinks you're smoking crack, Darren. <laughs> well, that's because we've only got one listener. <laughs> that's true. No, we've got four now, Darren. We've got four. <laughs> the, the well, if you have promoted the bloody thing, people could be listening to mine. <laughs> no, no, maybe I'm being a bit about top you. You got to start the season confident, and obviously it hasn't started very well. We're we're already six points behind the game. I, I I know that, but if I don't think it will take long before we have a full side out. I don't think it will take long. You know, I mean, it's a, a bit of a shit world. You know, losing Aubameyang and Lacazette to COVID on the opening day, and the and the league not um, cancelling the game because this is the new rules. Everyone's going to get affected by this at some stage of season. But we've got, we're, you know, we put put those players back. And I'm not one of these that just thinks, well, all the players coming back, everything will be okay. Because I'm not, you know, Gabrielle's biggest fan. I'm not sure how injury-free Tierney's going to be. We haven't got a right back at all. You know, we haven't got four right backs and you can put them all together and get the best bits of all of them. And we still haven't got a world-class right back. So I still think there's some issues. I, I really do. However, I look at the components of that side and I think we are better than or as good as Manchester United. We are better than Tottenham. We are better than than the teams that we are fighting with. Um, for me, Manchester City and Chelsea look very, very strong and are going to be well ahead of anyone. But I think we're in a battle with the rest of them. And we've had a bad start. But it is two games into a 38-game league season. We've got just, no European just, football to distract us. We're going to have fit, t- fit players. We're going to have lots of time to work with them. And it's been a, the, the Brentford game. I can't... I can't tell you how disappointed I was because we couldn't hit the ground running. But we didn't expect anything from Chelsea. We don't expect anything from Manchester City. But those games will now be out of the way and we can climb back up the table. Have some I just, confidence. I just hope, Darren, that one of the big issues that I've had with Arsenal over the last three or four years is our lack of mental toughness. Even if I go back to you know, after Danny Welbeck scores that incredible header against Leicester and I thought we'd won the league. In that moment, I thought we'd won the league. That was my that was my time. Um, I think we've been mentally weak for a really, really long time. I still think we've got some quite mentally weak characters. I include Aubameyang in that. I think he's mentally weak. Lacazette, I think, is easily upset and mentally weak. I think Xhaka is mentally weak. And I think there's been a, a, a systemic culture within the Arsenal team Yes, we've had the Urzels and the Kalasnaks and the Genduzis and the Mustafis, and we have slowly started getting these guys out of the club and getting these young kids through. But I just hope that starting a game, starting a season, loss, 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 
when there's so much pressure from us having our worst finish in, I don't know, Premier League era in forever, our lowest finish in however long. I just hope that we've got the mental resolve to be able to do what you just said, pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and go and play the rest of the season and chase it back up the table. Now, Darren, I've only got a few minutes because I've got to go do a parenting thing. But I thought for the last couple of minutes, what I would ask you is, you got fifty million pound to spend five zero, and you can either bring in one player into one position or two players to help us in the squad. So you got two twenty fives or one fifty million pound player. First of all, which one are you going for? You're getting two twenty five million pound players or a fifty million pound player, and if so, what positions? You don't need to give me a name because the transfer market's bullshit, right? Yeah, but it's a, it's a know, question. Where you that... look at that squad right now and you think. That's a hole. That's a gap. If we are not going to sell Aubameyang and Lacazette, then I would spend it all on one player at right back to give some balance to this side. If we sell Aubameyang or Lacazette or both, then I would spend it on two players, a right back, and spend the Aubameyang-Lacazette money on a centre-forward. I think one of the issues that we have is that teams defend against us deep and we don't have the ability to break through them. We're very, very good. Like last night when we're hitting teams on the counter-attack, we're very, very good when there's teams play a high line. But generally, our build-up plays put it down to the flanks, get them to cross it in, and we don't have a centre-forward that um, fits that bill. We haven't got anyone who's strong in the air. If Danny, if Danny Ings had been 25 instead of 28, I thought we should break the bank to get him because we need a centre-forward like that who's just going to bully goals in. Even last night, lots of crosses came in and uh, we didn't have a player who would gamble on the front post. They all just wait for the mm. ball to come to them at the far post. So there is. I think we really need a right back. I think in that area, we are so weak. And when you've got Pepe up that in front, who's now turning into, in my opinion, a really good player, we need somebody who's as confident as Tierney on one side to, to do that on the other side. What about you? For Where me, would your money be? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think we've been a left side bias team for so long. I think it makes us very predictable. It makes us very easy to set up for knowing that so much is coming down that left. I think that Ainsley Maitland-Niles has had been the best partner for Pepe. I've said that for a long time. I thought that their relationship really, really worked very well because of the type of player Ainsley Maitland-Niles was, which was a bigger, more athletic kind of could get up and down the side of that pitch. I never thought Bellerin and Pepe made sense together. They both wanted to pull into the centre and occupy the same space. I can't agree more. I, I, I think when you've got so many great options down the left-hand side and you've now got ESRs and Erdegaards and um, Lokangas, who I thought his passing was amazing. I thought Lokanga looked a bit suspect defensively and positionally, but it's his first game. I'm going to give him more time, obviously, to to pull him to, but for me, for us to go get a right back of the same quality with the same engine and the same desire as, as Tierney, that's where we need to be going looking at that money. And I don't know, people talk about uh, what's his name, fucking Max Aaron's. I don't know if that's going to be the stand. A lot of people are talking about Trippier at 35 million. Pounds. Do you know, Trippier, Trippier would, would be going against what we're doing this year. However, I think that. He's a very fit 30-year-old, and I think 
that that could possibly be. I just think we've been so hurt, Darren, by buying people coming off the edge and then spending big money on people coming down. I'll stand the man. Hello, Stan. We're back. Yeah, look, Um, seeing this now and watching this, let's. uh, Let's make this for the podcast. Look, you've got to go. Let me finish with this. Think about a goalkeeper, Ramsdale or Leno. I'm still a big Leno fan, even though the crowd have decided he's crap. Um, like let's Leno. have a, a game where you've got Ramsdale in goal. He's going to turn into the, is uh, you know, he's an, an England goalkeeper at 23. One player of the year is last three, the last three seasons that the clubs he's been at. So you've got Ramsdale in goal, Ben White, Gabriel, Tierney one side, top class right back on the other. Party and Sambi in the middle with the four in front of them of Erdegaard, uh, Saka, Pepe. And there's no Smith Rowe in that team. And then a Bamiyang up front. I yeah. want to pay money to and watch that game. To, say, to I, say then, Darren, that you've got ESRs on the bench, you know. Yeah, and, there's loads. You know, there's and loads. you've maybe got a Lacazette coming off the bench. There's no Lacazette into that team. There's no ESR in that team. There's no yeah. Mohamed Al-Nenny in, in, in that team. Do you know, there's no... There, my, there, issue, there, my issue there is, Darren, is if that's your plan, look. look of course it's I the have, plan. They're the players no, no, that we I want have, in the side. I have that's a very plan. Bad, I have a very bad feeling about Thomas Party. I feel that it's going to be not the signing that we wanted it to be. I, you I didn't just... watch anything pre-season, Max, you said. And I'm yeah. not a big lover of pre-season. I don't think it's a great indicator. But until he got injured, he was the party that I was looking for last year that didn't turn up at his but own But that's party. what I was saying. The, the, the injuries of him since he'd been in here, I'm just... Possibly. I'm but that's because I'm you're a negative twat. I'm you know, worried about. We've already that. called Arteta lucky. You know, we won six 0 and we're lucky. You know, you, you, you're already looking at your your glass is so half full that it's almost empty. And I I, I know that my glass is so half full it's it's spilling over the edges. Yeah. Your cup, However, your cup it's a lot more there. fun to get behind this team, support these young kids. I can't wait. I can't. I love being at the Emirates again. I cannot wait to stand there and sing their names. I can't wait. And my, my plea to Arsenal fans is you can see at last what we're doing. You can see the difference between this transfer window and fucking well done the owners for backing us because we haven't been able to get rid of 20 players that we want to get rid of because of the state of the market. And yet they have still invested in what in the next two or three years side time is going to be a side that is challenging for top honours again. And most of them are British and will be so proud of this Arsenal team in two or three years' time. Well, there you go. The Cronkies are the best. Edu is a the best. I said thumbs Arteta up to the Cronkies for supporting this club. Going to win the league. Well, Darren, it's been five months in the making. It's a bit of a rush job. Um, you know, to anyone, we've now got five people listening to us. So that's that's good. People came back, Darren. It's better than none. People um, listen to the podcast, promote the fuck out of it. People miss me and I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we are going to be back now every Thursday around about the same time. No, we're ish. not. But so if, I have to get to work normally, fuck's sake. If, 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 we, like, if we end up moving it around, guys, that's what we're going to do this year. I spoke to the guys. I spoke to Mike. I spoke to Toby. You know, I spoke to Ryan. Everyone's got stuff going on, things going on in their life. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and bring you a podcast every week. It's going to be at some time and you'll find out about it if you follow us. 
and it could be 9 a.m. here and 6 a.m. in the 6 p.m. in the UK, or it could be 6 a.m. in the UK and fucking 9 a.m. here. But what you will get is one of us will be drunk, one of us will be stoned, and both of us will swear. So until next time, legends, it's great to see you. It's great to see you, Darren. Um, remember, emphasize the T on cunt, and your enemies will crake in the boots. You pack of fucking cunts. This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button.